Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. So we're in a new series, The Long Game, and The Long Game is all about how do we continue to have faith. Uh, and boy, talk about a long game right now. We're having a long game right now just in society, and, and we got to figure out how do we in life apply faith in our life in such a way, our faith, not just faith anywhere, but our faith in God, our faith in Christ, that will, that will help us endure through this, this travel, through this walk uh, of life. And I want to begin today by defining what faith is. And a simple definition would be this. Faith is having trust or confidence in someone or something. In life, we will choose to put our faith somewhere. In fact, many times the hurts of life happen when our faith becomes disappointed. When our faith in someone or something is broken. That's when the hurts of life has happened. Many of you, how many have been hurt in life before? I mean, have you been, come on. And it happens online. If you're joining us online, thank you for being here. And how many of you have been hurt on, you know, in life? We've all been hurt at some point in life. Where all of a sudden we put our faith somewhere and all of a sudden it was disappointed and it was broken. It's why I believe God has given us the instrument of forgiveness. Because when that happens, we're not supposed to hold an offense. We're supposed to forgive. And that's an ongoing basis for our life. That's how we live a Christian life. Because our faith in this world will be, many times will be disappointed. Now, what about faith in God? What does faith in God look like? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. You guys have heard me share this scripture over and over again. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. You've heard me say that. If you've been here at any length of time, you've heard me share that. It is impossible to please God without faith. And let's just stop there for a moment. Why is it impossible to please God without faith? I'm so glad you asked because the, because the author of Hebrews shares the second part of the scripture. He says, because anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. The first step of your faith is to believe in the existence of God. That's your very first step, is just to believe that God exists. Amen. I was an associate pastor in Las Vegas for a number of years, and we had a large church there, and and there was a time when the pastor there asked me to be a host of a guest speaker that was coming in. And he said, can you go and pick them up? And, and they were staying down at the Strip, I think it was the Wynn Hotel, go pick them up and, and bring them to church. I said, absolutely. And in fact, I think Brett jumped in the car with me. And so we went to go pick up uh, this very prominent person. And, and uh, we, I got to the hotel. He got into the car and and I remember we drove to the church. It was about a 20-minute drive. And, and we got to the church, and, and uh, we, we had the service. We all kind of went out in a big group at, for dinner. And then I, I, tra I had him, I was the one that escorted him back to his hotel, drove him back to the hotel. And one of the things after that evening was over, one of the things that I recognized was this. When I was in the car with him, I didn't really exist. I was just an object for his convenience. Have you ever been that? Have you ever walked into a room or had dinner with somebody or, or you've been in a party and you just don't feel like you exist? 
That's what it felt like to me. It was like, man, I, I'm just an object to be used for his convenience. I, he doesn't even recognize that I, I'm a person. Mean, it was just really strange. Another time I was asked to go pick up a, another prominent person. Uh, they called. They wanted to come to our church. I said, Pastor Benny, said, hey, Pastor John, can you go pick them up? I said, absolutely, I'll go do that. And I drove my uh, a beautiful Suburban that I no longer have, and it hurts me dearly because I love that Suburban. I drove it down to the Strip to go pick up this prominent person who was Evander Holyfield. He wanted to come to church. So I got there and picked him up, and he got in the Suburban, and we started driving to church, and it was kind of a last-minute thing. And, and i got to tell you, our whole trip from the hotel down at the Strip to, to the church, he, when he got in the car, he was so kind. Man, thank you for taking the time just out of your schedule to come pick me up and, and, and bring me to church. I'm so, he was so kind. He was so grateful. We had a great conversation to the church, and he enjoyed church. And after church, I, I took him back to his hotel. He had a fight that weekend he was going into. And, and, and as we were talking the whole time. And, and I remember when I got done with everything, the conversation, I remember, man, he actually was so appreciative and you know what? I wasn't just an object for his convenience. He really appreciated me, and I existed in his eyes. And I thought, man, that, there, there was such a huge difference. And I remember playing that in my head. Man, I, I want to always have an attitude that lands over here where I see people. And at six foot three, sometimes I miss people. So if I do, forgive me, because I'm working on that area of my life. But I want to make sure that people exist. But here's the point I want to share with you today. There's sometimes in our life we treat God as only an object for our convenience. We treat God like he does not exist. He's just, if we need God, you know what, we ask him, hey God, help us in this area, help us in this area. People aren't sometimes even looking for a relationship with God. They're just trying to cover all their bases. What do you mean, Pastor Tom? Well, if God is real, don't know for sure. But if he is real, I probably need to get to church once a month at least because I want to cover that base. I'm going somewhere. I hope I don't, if I step on toes, I apologize ahead of time. God should be never an object for just our convenience or for just our safety God needs to be a relationship that we have in our life. That's what it needs to be. Think about this now. Let's go back to that scripture for just a moment. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The reason it's so important that we believe in our spirit that God exists because if he, we don't treat God like he exists, could that be pleasing to God? I remember I wasn't pleased when I was treated like I didn't exist. How are we ever going to have a relationship with God if we don't have our faith in God, our, our belief in God? The first step of our faith is to believe in the existence of God. The second step is this. It's choosing to put your trust in God. Do you know that you can believe in God but not have faith in God? I'll say it again. You can believe in God but not have faith in God. There's a difference. James writes in James 2.19, he says, you believe there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. 
Belief in something doesn't mean that you have faith in something. Belief is a strong opinion about something. But man, I'll tell you right now, over the years, my beliefs have changed. Because I've evolved, I've, I've grown, I've matured, and my beliefs have changed in my life. And so beliefs have a tendency to change over time. Faith is different. Your faith in God shouldn't change or waver over time. It only should grow stronger. It only should grow larger. As your faith in God grows, it will bring you through the most difficult times of life. When you choose to put your faith in God and you continue on that long game of faith, guess what? It continues to mature and it continues to give you the strength to get through life. It has to be more than just a belief. It has to be an assurance that God gives us. I was talking to Brett last week, I think it was, and we were talking about this whole thing with the coronavirus and everything else that's been going on. And he looked at me and said, Dad, I don't know what I would do without a relationship with God. This has been so difficult, and I can stand on God's word, I can pray. I don't know how those who don't have a relationship with Christ can ever survive through this whole scenario, and some aren't doing a very good job at surviving. We see it out there. Our relationship needs to be put into Jesus Christ because he will impact our lives. As your faith grows, it will change you. A person might have their belief in God. It doesn't mean they have their faith in God. When you have your faith in God, it will impact the way you live your life because your faith in God changes you. Your faith in God changes. You don't change faith. Faith changes you. That's how it works. People who truly want to change must step from belief into faith. The story of the rich young ruler is another one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I have a lot of favorite stories in the Bible. But it's a great example of what I'm trying to communicate with you today. And I've shared about this story many of times of the rich young ruler. If you don't remember the story... It's about the young man that came to Jesus and he asked, hey, how do I enter into the kingdom of heaven? If you remember that story. And, and then Jesus responds to him, obey these commandments. He lists some of the commandments. And the rich young ruler, he made the statement, I've obeyed all these commandments. You remember that story? And that's how it went through. And, and then Jesus said, go sell all of your possessions, give it to the poor, and then, if, and then come follow me. And so that's kind of that, the whole story of the rich young ruler. And he was unable to do that and he chose not to follow Jesus. And, and basically because he... Here's the thing I want to get to is that the rich young ruler, he believed in God, but he didn't have his faith in God. He believed in God, but he didn't have his faith in God, and his life remained unchanged. Change is inevitable if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus was trying, I want you to catch this, Jesus was trying to change a core belief in this man's belief system, in the rich young ruler's belief system. He was trying to change something in his heart. Let me read the one scripture to you in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21. This is after they went through that whole thing and, and, and he, said, he said, I've kept all these commandments. And then Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. It wasn't that Jesus was trying to bankrupt this rich young ruler. I don't believe that's the case. But the rich young ruler had a faulty belief system that somehow he could earn his own salvation through good works. 
He had this faulty belief that I'm going to be able to earn my salvation. That's why he was keeping all the commandments. That's why he asked Jesus, what must I do? Because Jesus was the great teacher. He didn't see Jesus as a savior. He saw Jesus as a rabbi, as a teacher. Hey, rabbi, hey, teacher, what must I do to enter into the kingdom of heaven? I've done all these things. Jesus said, I want to be perfect. If you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions. Give, you know, go to the Salvation Army. Give you know, uh, money to them. and then co- Definitely come to South Coast Christian. Give your money to them. And then, and then go, to, go to such and such place and, and give your money there. Jesus was trying to reveal to the rich young ruler that he would never be perfect. It's impossible. You're never going to be perfect. And as I, I had just kind of a revelation as I was reading that this week. I've never looked at it quite this way, and, and I share it with you today. But we have a tendency to read this scripture as one statement. The more I studied and pondered on the words of Jesus, the more I realized that Jesus is really making two statements here. The first one is really a, the, the question, well, if you want to be perfect, and then he gives a response. If you want to be perfect, then go do this. The second statement is the very last words in there. It says, then come follow me. You see, I'm not aware of any commandment in the Bible that tells us that if we want to follow Jesus, we have to go sell all of our possessions and give it to the poor before we could ever follow Jesus. I don't see any commandment that way. Jesus made his statement in response to the rich young ruler's faulty belief that he could earn his salvation. I think the rich young ruler could have followed Jesus at any point, even with his possessions. Because I never see any rules in the Bible that says we have to sell everything that we have to be able to follow Jesus. I think what Jesus was trying to do was trying to tear down a belief system that the rich young ruler was thinking that he had to do, that he had to earn his salvation. And he said, well, if you want to be perfect, and he knew that he was going to step on the one area of this rich young ruler's life, and that was the possessions. He said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then come follow me. But it was never a requirement of it. It was just because the rich young ruler wanted to earn his own salvation. He didn't want it as a gift of Jesus Christ. He wanted to do it his way. He didn't want to do it God's way. How many of us sometimes land in that boat? We want to do it our way. Was it a Frank Sinatra that had a song like that? I did it my way. Yeah, I did it my way. Let me tell you today, you better do it God's way. Otherwise, it just don't work. Man wanted to be perfect. He wanted to earn his own salvation. He didn't want to depend on Jesus. He wanted to do it his way. Let me put it another way. If you remove the first statement that Jesus made, that whole part, well, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions, give it. Move all that. Let's just say that verse, only, verse 21, only has these words. Come, follow me. Just those words. I don't think the rich young ruler would have done it because that was never in his heart in the very first place. He never wanted to follow Jesus. He just wanted to try to earn his salvation. My opinion. For him, it was never about following Jesus. That's why, and this has made a lot of sense to me all of a sudden, just ding, 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 ding. That's why it's hard for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because they are basing their salvation on their deeds and not on their faith. See, what happens when you have finances, you think that you're going to be able to buy your way into heaven. Well, if I give to the church, thank you for giving, by the way, FYI, just FYI. If I I give to the church, if I go there early on Saturday and help pull weeds 
you know, on Saturday morning. If I go during the week and I call up Jonathan, hey, Jonathan, is there anything I can do to help you? I'm working there. You know what? Brett might need help in the youth ministries. I can go serve there. I know they need media. Man, I'm earning my way. Or if you just have money and finances, man, I'm just going to bless it. And you start, catch this. I need you to catch this. You start putting trust in what you're doing instead of who Jesus is. And it's easy to get that twisted, guys. I've done it as a pastor. It's so easy. Our faith must remain in Jesus Christ. It's not what we do. It's who Jesus is and it's where our faith is. Many people in our society, in our churches, are confused when it comes to their faith in God. Through the years, I've watched countless people who are disappointed with God and they make a choice to walk away from God. They, they choose to stop trusting in God. And I'll tell you, as a pastor, each time I see that takes place in someone's life, it breaks my heart. I see it and I go, oh, and I don't know what to do. How do I resolve that? And, and God reminds me there's times that I'm just scattering the seed. I'm not necessarily harvesting all the time. I want to just be a harvester. Can I tell you that right now? Just, But we got to scatter seed. But many times what happens when people choose to walk away from God, when they choose to, because of disappointment, it's because of disappointments in their life. And it's another faulty system, faulty belief system. Sometimes we or they or whoever view God like a vending machine. If they put something in, they expect something out. And if they don't receive what they want, then they no longer have their faith in God. That's believing God, but not really having your faith in God. Their faulty belief system thinks that God is on their journey. I said this last night. I say it again today. I just apologize sometimes for me as a pastor and the way I've invited people to come to Christ. This hit me so hard. Because I think sometimes in the church we confuse things. And man, I'm, I'm making a commitment today. You hold me accountable. I'm not going to confuse this anymore. I ask people to raise their hand for salvation. Invite Christ into your life. And sometimes I think what happens in people's minds is I'm going to invite Jesus into my life. Jesus is going to ride with me. He's getting on my journey. Come on, Jesus, let's go. I, I need you on my journey. God, you know where I'm going. I need you to follow, follow me, Jesus. I got to do this. I got to do that. I invited Christ to my life. He's with me. Confused. Jesus is not following you. You are following Jesus. That's the only way it works in Scripture. Come follow me. Come follow me. And sometimes I think we get that backwards. We forget that, you know what? He's not on my journey. Yes, he's with you. But we're on his journey. We're on Jesus' journey. We, we, we have signed up and said, God, I'm going to follow you wherever you go, Lord. Take me wherever you go. Take me to Vegas, Lord. I'll be a pastor in Vegas even though I don't want to do that. Some of the greatest challenges in my life and some of the greatest victories happened at that point. Because I was willing to surrender my life. We can't look at God as a vending machine that we're asking him to be a part of our life. We're joining we're joining the army of God. 
We're signing up and we're part of his journey. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. When you invite Jesus in your life, you signed up for his journey, choosing to surrender to his will. This is where real faith begins. It's choosing to trust Jesus in every area of your life, including the disappointments and the difficulties of life. See, that's where we got to get to as followers of Jesus. Disappointments and difficulties and struggles and trials cannot derail our faith in Jesus Christ. We have to understand that, hey, we're going to go through the journey because we're signed up to follow Jesus. From now on, when I ask someone to come to Christ, I'm going to say it this way. Hey, if you want to follow Jesus today, because it, it paints the right picture, paints the right picture, real truth begins when we put our faith in Jesus, even through the disappointments and the difficulties of life. And we must never forget that the future rewards far outweigh the difficulties of this temporary life. See, sometimes we don't talk enough about in the church about the future rewards that we've signed up for. Do you know that heaven is waiting for you? Do you know that eternal life is real? Do you know like forgiveness of sins, is, 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 you have that through your faith in Jesus Christ? Do you know that you no longer have to rely on your righteousness, but you can rely on the righteousness of Jesus Christ because you have failed? How free is that? I'm a failure. But man, I step in with Jesus. To me, that's huge. See, we have so many rewards that we don't we forget to talk about. This is temporary. Our next step is eternal. This is where faith is required. We can no longer be encumbered by this life that we that we we can't be so encumbered with this life that we lose sight of the long game. These promises could never be earned in our own right. They're only earned through Jesus Christ. The promises are only made possible through faith in Jesus. The Bible states this, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Don't allow the disappointments of this world to distract you from the promises found in eternity. During this sermon series, The Long Game, we're going to start diving in to the hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start, start talking about people who kept the faith through the long game, through the journey. And it's going to come alive to you. And my hope in this series of messages is that it's going to strengthen our faith in a greater way. So that when all of a sudden we get hit with difficulties or troubles or struggles or whatever. Or maybe, maybe it's the opposite. Life is going so good, man. Oh my gosh, everything goes great. I don't really need church right now. I can step away from that because life is good. We're going to discover how to do the long game of life of faith. And we're going to do that by actually going into the hall of faith. Did you know there's a hall of faith in the Bible? It's Hebrews chapter 11. And it speaks of men and women of God who were victorious because they continued to keep their faith in Jesus Christ. The goal of this series is to help us build a bigger foundation of faith. For my conclusion today, I want to leave you with three foundational truths regarding faith. This is quick. I'm going to finish up fast, so don't get worried if you're getting hungry. Forget about hungry. Don't forget about those steaks that you're barbecuing. Don't worry about them. Faith is a gift. That's the first thing. If you're going to write something down, write these three things down because this is our foundation that we're building upon. 
to start off this new series, The Long Game. Faith is a gift. Paul writes in Romans 12, 3 that we've all been given a measure of faith. Faith has been assigned to you by God as a gift. If you've ever watched, how many of you have ever watched The Hunger Games, the movie Hunger Games? And uh, if you've ever watched that, and don't take this illustration too far because they drop off, I think it was 24 people into the wilderness and they're supposed to kill each other. So don't take this illustration too far. But in, this, in the illustration, each, there's two people to each district. There's 12, I think there's 12 districts. And, and they dropped them off in the wilderness and the, the winners would, would survive. And, and as I was watching that movie, this reminded me kind of this scenario of that faith is a gift. Because in that movie, when someone got sick, someone, a citizen from the district could send a gift to the competitor. If they were in need, they would send them a gift. Like one of them got sick, and so they sent them medicine. Another person, they sent this instrument that they could put into a tree where they could extract water from the tree so they had fluids to drink. And they would send them a gift. And I started thinking about that movie, and I started thinking about who God is because we are literally citizens of heaven that are traveling through this world. And God has sent us a gift, and that gift is called faith. He says, hey, I need you to be able to walk through this journey, and I'm giving you a special gift. I'm going to give you a measure of faith for your life so that you can walk through this journey, not in fear, but in faith of who God is. Isn't that good? Come on. I got blessed myself when I was thinking about that. See, faith leads to grace. We need faith. We need faith to overcome the troubles. The second thing. Faith is how we live. So faith is a gift. Faith is how we live. Paul writes in Romans 1.17, the righteous shall live by faith. Say that with me. The righteous shall live by faith. Oh, boy, you guys are weak this morning. Wake up now. Come on. Let's say it all together. The righteous shall live by faith. If you're righteous, and the only way that you can be righteous is by living in faith with Jesus Christ. The righteous don't live in fear. They don't live in, in, with their possessions, thinking that their possessions are going to make the way. They don't live according to their job. They live by faith. I look at faith like a currency. Have you ever, how many of you have ever played Monopoly? Yeah, don't you love that game? And you know, when you begin, you all get issued out the amount of currency. You all get measured out currency. I think it's one $500 bill or two $500 bills and then five $100 bills and $50 bills. And you all get this, the same measure and then you play the game and, and then you, what you try to do is you try to just destroy everybody else in the game and make them go bankrupt so that they're penniless and they have nothing and then you win the game. It's just a great game. I mean, I don't know what values we're teaching in that game, but we're doing it. Faith is the currency of heaven. Ephesians 2.8 states, states this, you have been saved through faith. Romans 5.1 states, we have been justified by faith. You can't open the door of heaven without having faith. You can't open a side door, a back door, the front door. You can't even get through the window without having faith. You're not going to make it without having your faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only way. Remember the scripture I shared started with the beginning. Bible says without faith it is Impossible to please God. The last truth that I want to share with you today. Faith grows. Faith grows. Faith is a gift. We live by faith. Faith grows. We know this because in Matthew chapter 17 verse 20, Jesus calls out his own disciples. He calls them out. He puts them on the carpet. 
He says, the reason you couldn't deliver that little girl from that demon possession is because you have little faith. You have small faith. And Paul Paul tells us in 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3, He's writing to the church in Thessalonica and he sees something special and he shares these words. He says, we give thanks to God for you because your faith is growing abundantly. See, faith grows. I used to work out. Now I work out like once a month just to make myself feel good. I know it's not doing anything for me now i got to get back to working out. Why, Pastor? Why do you need to work out? Because guess what? When you work out, you build your muscles on your physical body, and it actually helps you physically. You're building muscles to support your skeleton. It's a good thing to be able to do. And you become stronger and stronger as you continue to work out. You exercise your muscles. What happens in our life with faith, the more we exercise our faith, the more that faith grows. The more that faith becomes stronger. The more that faith will take you through the difficulties of life. When other people are falling on the wayside, guess what? If your faith is strong, you don't need everything else around you. You just need Jesus. And you can walk through the most difficult times because your faith is strong. But your faith will never be strong if you don't exercise it. You got to read your word. You got to pray. You got to be willing to step out in faith and trust. I was talking to someone this week and they're looking at kind of a career change or position change. And he shared with me, just real honest, which I love honesty. Man, Pastor Tom, I'm just so afraid. And boy, the Spirit of God hit me. This, this is easy for me to say. It's, for, it's so hard for all of us to practice. And I said, man, nothing's going to come about in fear. It's only when you get past your fear and you're willing to step out in faith. And what happened, and I, I, I know the person pretty well, was, what's happened is that he's lived in this air, arena where he hasn't had to exercise his faith for a while. And he's gotten a little bit flabby. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. And he needs to exercise his faith. There's times that God's asking you to do something, and you need to be willing to step out in faith. And when you do that, guess what will happen? The next time that God asks you to do something, is you're going to be a little easier. I'm going to do that. Because you, re- you realize that God is with you. And he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to continue to step out in faith. And all of a sudden your faith begins to grow. And fear begins to diminish. God has given us a gift to use. It was never, faith was never meant to be used as a decoration. It was meant to use, be used as tested. It was to test. You know when you're working out, you test your strength. You need to test your faith. James chapter 1, verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. See, endurance will never grow unless you test your faith. The long game is about choosing to keep our faith directed towards Jesus and not allowing our faith to wander in other directions. The long game is about finishing the race. How many want to finish the race? The Apostle Paul writes to his protege, Timothy, And he shares these words when he's coming towards the end of his life. He says to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. That's what we must do as followers of Jesus.
keep the faith. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, that your word is powerful, it's effective, it penetrates, it changes. Lord, help us to have the faith. Help us to have the faith that the words are not just words, but they're literally, Lord God, the power of your words in our life. Let your words change us, Lord God. I pray as we go on this journey of faith, Lord God, that we will walk away stronger believers in you than ever before. That the faith will increase in our lives in such a way that when we face temptations, when we face struggles, when we face difficulties, God, that faith in Jesus, Lord God, that faith in you will rise up in your power of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, will lead us and it will guide us and it will take us through the journey, Lord God, unscathed. Unscathed. Because, Lord God, we are with you, Lord God. We're not, you're not on our journey. We are with you. We are following after you today, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, I pray. If you're here today, just heads bowed, eyes closed for just a minute. Maybe you're on, watching online right now, and this message has touched you. Maybe you, you all of a sudden realized, man, Pastor Tom, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe He's real. But I've actually never put my faith in Jesus. I've always just asked Him to come along with me. I've never chosen to follow Him. And if that's you here today, I don't want to even see hands raised up. I'm just asking you to follow Jesus. And if you're at home right now, it's in your heart that needs to happen. You can write it on a card. You can send me a note. Shoot me an email. Shoot the church an email. Hey, I've, I'm chose to follow Jesus. I, it's awesome. But it's a decision that we all have to make in our life. Choose to follow Jesus today. If you want to make that commitment, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And I ask the church to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you today. I'm stepping onto your journey. Forgive me my sins. Give me your righteousness. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit to help me say no to sin and yes to you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for being here today. If you said that prayer today, if you're online or if you're here at the church, if you made that commitment today, guess what? You have now taken a step of faith and you have opened the door to heaven because now you are a citizen of heaven. Come on, come on. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.